the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How do we express our love to God? By being obedient to God in fulfilling His commands. And if we do that, Jesus tells us there's going to be another benefit. And that is our relationship with God is going to grow ever deeper because He's going to continue to reveal Himself to us. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And he's wrapping up on this broadcast a conversation he had with the congregation back in the fall of 2016 about the church and its mission and its methods, who they are as a body of believers, what their purpose is, and how they go about accomplishing that purpose. I personally found it energizing listening to this message shared at a time when the church doors were wide open and things happened normally. And we'll get there again, trust me. Keep in mind the time of the year when this was preached, and be blessed. Here's Pastor Layton. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. And then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. And going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and, and wine and bandaged them. And then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy? Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So we love our neighbor by not ignoring them, by not ignoring their needs, by meeting their needs, and sometimes at great sacrifice in terms of time and money. We love our neighbor when we treat them with dignity and respect. When we go out of our way, when we sacrifice to bring blessing in their life and and meet physical needs. And when we share the gospel of Jesus with them, which is to meet their greatest need. This is how we love our neighbors. And in the weeks to come, we plan on announcing many, many opportunities to minister to our neighbors and be good neighbors. Now we move from how we do it to why we do it. It's in obedience to the Great Commission. After his death and resurrection, Jesus commissioned his followers, saying, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, the first thing that we observe here and need to point out is that the Great Commission is carried out under the authority and by the authority of Christ Jesus, and his authority is higher than any other authority. If any authority comes into conflict with God, Christ, his word, it's God's law, God's word that takes precedence. You know, the apostles were called in in Acts chapter 4. And they were told by the religious and civic leaders that they were to cease and desist. That they were to stop talking about Jesus. That they were to keep their mouths shut. And in Acts 5.29, Peter and the apostles replied thus. They said, we must obey God rather than any human authority. We must obey God before men. Now, this is uh, something that we as as, uh, American Christians are are having to learn. We haven't had to learn this before. You see, as American Christians, we have two citizens, two citizenships. We're citizens of America. We're citizens of heaven. And there was no conflict when we were one nation under God. When our laws were under God's laws, were in accordance with God's laws. But now we're having a problem, a challenge that we as American Christians haven't had before. Other Christians throughout the world, throughout history have, but it's new to us. And that is, what happens when things don't line up anymore? When laws are being written that are not in alignment with God's laws? When basically these two kingdoms that we are citizens of are going to war? When we're dual citizenship and the the two countries that we're citizens with are going to war, we have to choose our first allegiance. And that's where we, as American Christians, are, are headed towards if the nation continues going the direction that it does. So we've been called to make disciples under the highest authority. Make disciples. Disciples are followers of Christ. Now, technically, we don't make disciples. Only the Holy Spirit does. It's only the Holy Spirit that, uh, that, that brings and draws people into wanting and desiring a relationship with Christ, bringing light where there's darkness, life where there's only spiritual death, and so forth. But once that, that light bulb goes on, then we're here to assist them to grow in their knowledge and love for Christ. Now, it says go and make disciples. The word go means be proactive. Don't just sit around, warm pews, and wait for people to come. Make something happen. Be proactive. And that's why we as a church do things like the car show. Do things like singing in the, in the malls and Tan Fran and ceremony during Christmas. Going outside of the building. Sometimes we do things inside of the building like Scrooge. And we do it for the purpose of getting people to come in, inviting people to come in. They won't, they won't come for a sermon, but they'll come for a play. Especially since they've heard it's really good. Because it has been. It is. 200 people involved in making that Scrooge production happen. It's huge. And uh, so the point is, is we're being proactive. We are wanting to build relationships with our community so that we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them and they can choose to accept or reject him as their own Savior and Lord. So now, once a person has accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have uh, two responsibilities. One is to baptize them. We're commanded to baptize them. If you're a believer and you have not been baptized, you need to make it happen. 
need to put it on your calendar, call the church office, make it happen. When, when baptism is professing that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord, your personal Savior and Lord. And you need to do it. It's important. It's, Jesus said it's important. And it's interesting that we are commanded to baptize, and the commandment is for us, the church. And I've always wondered about that. Why, why, are we, why is the church commanded to baptize people who want to be baptized? And I think it's because Jesus wanted to make sure that the church never became an exclusive club. That people who wanted to be baptized, who want to profess Jesus as Savior and Lord, would come to a church, and the church would say, I don't know, you're not holy enough, you're not rich enough, you're not popular enough, come back later. Something like that. You understand what I'm saying? To, to make the church an exclusive club. So if somebody wants to be baptized, they want to profess Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord in baptism, we are commanded to make that happen. It's important for us to understand that the church was not established for Christians, primarily. It was established for unbelievers to come in. Um, When a church loses that understanding, a church no longer functions as a church. It becomes a Christian social club where Christians get together, pat each other on the back, tell everybody how wonderful it is, and go home. That's not what Jesus called the church to do. That's not a church. It's a social club. We're supposed to go and make disciples. And we do that working together as a team. Now, there's, um, there's some things here. Um, there's a study that indicates once the sanctuary gets 80% full, the church stops growing. 80%. Our sanctuary in the 10 and 1130 services have been averaging 80% for way too long. And the building isn't getting any bigger. It's time for a bigger box. The box we're in, the building we're in, has served us well, but we can't grow anymore. I don't, our school, praise the Lord, is so full, we don't have offices for many of our pastors. And uh, so, you know, we need a bigger box. We need a, a, a new building. This box, this building was given to us by God through a miracle. It was on the market for $1.4 million. Now, that was back in 1972. Um, and, uh, and the company that sold it wrote off a million dollars. So we got that building for 400000 back then. Now, mind you, that was 72. Money was different back then. But uh, it was a miracle. It was a miracle. God did a miracle to give us this building. And he can, get, he can do a miracle to get us the next one. The coach said... This is who we are. This is what we do. This is how we're doing. This is where we're going. This is how we win. We're going to work together as a team to win. Are you on the team? Are you on the team? Do you want to be on the team? Are you on the team? You know, it's going to take all of our time, talent, and treasure to win. Uh, there are so many opportunities that, uh, that we have. I'd like to invite you to look through the bulletin and, and, and check out ministries that might be something of interest to you. I'll just get in and give it a try and call the church office so we can arrange it. We need ushers. We need greeters. uh, We need uh, Sunday school helpers. We need growth group hosts. We need uh, singers in our worship team. Uh, We need Awana helpers. That's this Wednesday. Just come this Wednesday or call the church office so they can be prepared for you. There's so many opportunities to use your time and your talent and also your treasure. And and I've had people say, you know, Pastor, I'd really... 
like to be able to support the church more. I'd like to, I, I'm struggling. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't given the information, the tools, the training to know how to manage my funds. And, and uh, so we, we're providing Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey, uh, classes so that our church members can go through that, learn better how to manage funds, uh, learn how to use their funds for glorifying God. So that's what the team is all about. That's where we're, that's where we're going. That's how we're getting there. Are you on the team? Amen. Yes, amen. Now, if you joined us a few minutes into the program today, let me repeat what I said at the top, just in case you're confused. This is the end of a message shared with the congregation at Church of the Highlands back in the fall of 2016. Does that make things a little clearer? (laughs) Ministry obviously continues today at Church of the Highlands, albeit a bit different. However, things will return to normal, and that process is slowly starting already. If you're looking for a place where you can serve others with your God-given talents and passions and where you and your family can worship and grow spiritually, then please check out Church of the Highlands. They're on the web at highlands.us. We continue to minister and worship online, and the details are on that website again, highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a wonderful weekend, and come back on Monday, same time, same place, to join us as we study verse by verse.